Hello and welcome to the Arts Report for April 3rd, 2013. Welcome to the Arts Report on April 3rd, 2013, the first show of April, and it is spring. Spring has sprung. The grass is riz. Uh, the new Discorder is out, which is very exciting, and I mention that because Discorder is getting more artsy all the time. Time. So if you are a listener to CITR 101.9, like you are right now, and you uh, want to get even more of a Vancouver Arts Fix, Discorder is starting to become a pretty great place to get it. On the cover is Record Store Day, which is coming up on the 20th. And a friend of mine, Ola Volo, uh, her amazing illustration. We also have a, a discussion of good friend Sarah Bino, um, who runs Teen Angst, Say and Dance Dance Party in, Van- Party in Vancouver. Uh, and we talked about that during International Women's Day. And uh, speaking of International Women's Day... Um, Young James or uh, James Kendall Ward, Jamie Kendall Ward, was also uh, during our International Women's Day programming um, in the morning. And so uh, you can find that on our Arts Report RSS feed or on iTunes. I hope you're subscribed. And so there's some great, uh, she actually uh, did five simple steps to making it as a musician. There's only five, so super easy peasy, no excuses. Um, and then there's a really great art project with uh, Rao Minx and Aja Rose Bond this month. So that is some great art in Discorder. It's also National Humor Month, apparently. So I thought, uh, seeing as how I had been doing a lot of comedy lately from the Sunday service and uh, the China Club crowd and just a bunch of great comedy, I thought I'd expand my horizons a little bit. So last night, I went to the pop-up comedy jam uh, at Café du Soleil, and they specifically uh, did Impro Allegro. So the Fictionals Comedy Company put on uh, one of their four shows pop-up comedy which is a different cast every time and they uh did some improvisational show tunes as a music theater nerd um i was pretty excited it was not as funny as i really wanted uh not a lot of jokes but it was pretty impressive watching people make up songs on the spot so uh not the exact same comedy that i am a huge fan of but if you're looking for something that's a little silly a little goofy and family friendly then you should definitely check out those shows that being said i'd say pg-13 there was a baby there but it was a hipster baby and we all know that they have a lot higher tolerance um, for cussing, uh, and, and sexual content. So what I thought we would do, um, is before I give you more info on the fictionals, which you can find at thefictionals.com, I, uh, a friend of mine, Daniel, who I thought was probably the funniest person on stage, um, he entered and exited every scene through an imaginary window, which I thought was pretty hilarious, uh, and, uh, I think second up was Dan, uh, and maybe I'm just, I don't know, Maybe I'm biased towards youth, but uh, I think they were just the the snazziest and the most cutting edge uh, comedians on stage, and that's that's what I like. I'm very biased. 
So anyway, I thought what we would do is hear a little bit from Daniel Chai, um, uh, from who uh, organizes the fictional comedy shows at Cafe Du Soleil every Tuesday. And uh, we will listen to him. We'll listen to a little music. And then later on in the show, we have uh, a call from Chris, uh, who is the artistic producer of the Frank Theater Company, which is actually uh, Nay Screaming Weenie. So we'll talk a little bit about the name change and what that means for them. Uh, they are a queer theater group in Vancouver. Um, they organize the Clean Sheets program for Queer Arts Festival every year, which brings up-and-coming queer playwrights into the scene, which I think is excellent, excellent work. And then later in the show, and waiting very patiently to my left, uh, we will be talking to Paris, Nikki, and Gareth, our own Gareth Moses, about uh, the Shack or Shack Art Collective, which has an encore show coming up this Friday. So welcome to the Arts Report. And uh, just in honor of the fictionals, we're going to play a little The XX Fiction, and then we'll hear from Daniel Chai. Daniel Chai, and I am a co-founder, the producer, and the creator of uh, the different shows that the Fictionals Comedy Company uh, do every Tuesday night at Cafe du Soleil. Excellent. Now, what did we just see? What is Pop-Up Comedy? Mm. So Pop-Up Comedy Jam is one of the four shows that we do here uh, every Tuesday. Um, Pop-Up Comedy Jam, currently, the format is a taster pack of all the different kinds of improv that exists out there. Okay, so uh, tell us uh, who performed tonight and what their flavor is. Like, are they, like, spicy? Are they, like, is it, like, a ketchup Is there, like, a new mommy? So, um, for example, we had uh, some special guest players from Vancouver Theatre Sports League, and I would describe them as the wine, as the the fine wine. Um, They're very experienced. They performed for some for over 10, 20 years. Um, they bring a great wealth of experience to our fictional stage. Then we had some special guests uh, from Second Story Theater out in Poco, and I would describe them as, as like the, the fizzy drink 
like they're super high energy and they're very poppy in a in a very healthy way in a way that won't give you diabetes just bring a smile to your face then we have our players from the fictionals 152 flavor taster pack of jelly belly oh yeah we will satisfy all of your different cravings um whether you want us or not including popcorn <laughs> no one likes the popcorn one i, I popcorn exists i, as, see, I like the I like popcorn, popcorn is like the it's, it's like that thing in the pot of gold that's just like a hard really hard caramel Somebody has to get it to make to make you want to eat other pot of gold to make you feel better. Oh, okay, that is an excellent and concise explanation. That's right. So, uh, so what the fictional is what we do here with our uh, four shows a month. We have four different shows. We have a show called Pop and Comedy Jam where we do different uh, types of shows. Um, we have a show called Vancouver Improv Fight Club where we take some of Vancouver's hottest comedy troops and make them battle head-to-head. Um, we do a show called Improv Against Humanity, which brings the very popular card game Cards Against Humanity to life. Um, and it's, a, it's very much like a game show. Then we have uh, a show called Show Us Your Wits, which combines the very popular Vancouver pastimes of improv comedy and burlesque dancing. Um, so uh, with, with all of our different formats, um, what we do is we uh, try to cater to the different flavors and the different tastes um that our audience likes to come and enjoy um some people like the head-on-head competition for comedy other people like the sexy dancing um but overall what we strive to do here with the fictionals is put out a hilarious show and hopefully people enjoy it and people come back and uh, tell their friends okay comic inspirations for myself, my comic inspiration um, comes from growing up, and it's the very classic for, I think, a lot of improvisers. Um, whose line is it anyways? Um, I've, I had the chance and the great honor of meeting Colin Mockery uh, a couple months ago, and um, meeting him in person and being like, wow, I grew up watching you on TV, and now I'm doing improv comedy, and here you are in front of me. Um, it, it felt like, it just felt super cool. And... Using the phrase "super cool" probably isn't super cool, but it was. No, I, I think that's out. That yeah, it's not, just not super cool. I think you cool. have to say like "rad" or uh, "tubular." It was so rad. Um, uh, so the the cast of Who's Line, and I'm very excited that they're coming back. Um, uh, the cast of Who's Line, um, Who's Line in general, is uh, is an inspiration for me. Um, and this is going to sound cheesy. Um, oh, you? Me? <laughs> I'm also chai tea. In case people are listening. Um, I also get inspiration from the general comedy scene here in Vancouver. Um, the fictionals, we are growing and we're expanding. We've been around for two and a half years and we're still going strong and we're, have lots of plans for the future. Um, but the reason why we're here doing what we do is because of the support of Vancouver in general, but also of our fellow comedians, um, all the different shows, um, that we have both performed with and performed for. Um, well, you know, we every show we usually bring down a couple of special guests that come down to play. So we get to mix different genres. And seeing the comedians in Vancouver work so hard to entertain and to put out great quality content and comedy for Vancouver rights um, makes us, the fictionals, try that much harder to um, inspire and to... Um, and to maybe perhaps inspire the next generation of comedians. Okay, well, anything uh, you have 
coming up next. Mm. Uh, I know you have your, your four shows that you described. Do you have anything big, anything special? Yes. Yeah, so, um, uh, ev- well, every show is a big show. Mom. Um, the next show that the fictionals are doing, um, it's the second Tuesday of April. So uh, the second Tuesday of the month, we're doing uh, our Vancouver Improv Fight Club show. Um, and it's a special three-way match. Uh, but three ways are always great, um, especially in the ring. Um, and we have uh, Instant Theater coming down, Instant Theater Company coming down to perform, a group called MFK coming down to perform. And myself and my good friend Brad Rossington, uh, we're doing a duo together for the first time. We're going to work it out and jam it out and going to try and get some laughs with the audience and hopefully we'll win. Ladies, ladies, please. I will say B, Peru. I'll do it. And that's your final answer? Yes. You can buy a new car. You just want... $33,055.78. To everyone who donated to this year's fund drive, CITR would like to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who helped us meet and exceed our goal of $30,000. Your generous donations help us support local artists, businesses, and marginalized voices in the community. And special thanks to our major sponsors of the Fun Drive Finale Silent Auction, The Cobalt at thecobalt.ca, Travel Cuts UBC at travelcuts.com, and Chad Woodley at the Sanitary Electric Company at tattoosbychad.com. Could your project use a little more funding? On Saturday, April 6th at Cineworks, it's Grant Writing Demystified, Guidance for Independent Media Artists. Join instructors Peg Campbell and Walter Kwan from the BC Arts Council as they delve into the domain of public funding for film and video projects and grant writing for arts councils. For more information, go to cineworks.ca slash events. Thank you very much to Daniel Chai of The Fictionals. Uh, He is a professional fictional comedian. Um, He uh, has his next show, as do The Fictionals, uh, coming up this uh, next Tuesday, as he mentioned. So on the first Tuesday of every month, it's Pop-Up Comedy Jam. Vancouver Improv Fight Club is on the second. Improv Against Humanity is on the third Tuesday. And Show Us Your Wits, which is the burlesque, is on the fourth Tuesday. If I have not seen Improv Against Humanity, I think Pop-Up Comedy Jam is probably a bit of a mixed bag. Um, I have seen Improv Fight Club, and I do uh, very much like uh, Instant Theater. I saw them at the Vancouver International uh, Improv Festival. So uh, we check that out. Um, and again, this uh, these guys are uh, very smooth operators. They have the kind of uh, Vancouver theater sports style uh, improv, um, family friendly, kind of silly and goofy. And uh, if that is your thing, then I definitely recommend it. Plus, Café du Soleil is always a, a fun place to... Uh, to hang out so check that out if you're interested you can follow them um at the fictionals on twitter and the fictionals.com online now i am happy uh to introduce to the show if all has gone well and i'm sure he will have to pronounce uh 
repronounce his name for me, Chris uh, Gatchalian from is the artistic producer of the Frank Theater Company, which was established in 1996 as Screaming Weenie Productions. They've been putting queer stories on the Vancouver stage since then, and uh, I'm happy to welcome Chris to the Arts Report um, to talk a little bit about the name change. Chris, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hi, Megan. Hi, nice to talk to you. And um, we Thanks met for bri- having me. No, we met briefly uh, after the Unstuck closing mm-hmm. night, um, which was a show about uh, a threesome, but more than a threesome. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, how how are you uh, feeling about now that the run's done? Are you guys pleased? You get uh, good feedback? Yeah, we're we're very pleased. I mean, the show was uh, a success for us on all levels. Um, you know, I mean, the community came out, got uh, really strong houses throughout the run, um, and um, you know, and, and artistically, it was it was a success for uh, many people. Uh, you know, many people who were involved in it. So, uh, yeah, we're we're thrilled about uh, we're thrilled about the play. So, yeah, yeah, I, I I really quite enjoyed it. One one thing I'd say is that there was this line in the play that said, um, you know, you should be uh, a comedy writer. And mm-hmm. um, you know maybe you should look into that. And I and I actually thought the play was a uh, fu- quite funny. Like it, yeah. I, it was, it's a lot funnier than I expected. Um, yeah. I also was very distracted by a bunch of very attractive men in their underwear. I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to say that is because yeah. of your guys's uh, queer bent, which uh, yeah. you know presenting queer stories. And uh, you know we all love uh, beautiful boys in their underwear, don't we? Yes, I mean, and, yeah, they were definitely eye candy, um, but, uh, you know, I think more importantly, they were all, they're all very talented artists, and uh, oh, yeah, all it's hard. intelligent. Yeah. I took them all seriously, even in their underoos, so yeah. I, I thought that was, uh, if, you can, if you can be taken seriously in your underoos, you, uh, you're an actor, that's for sure. That's all, yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. So, and, yeah. and now this is your first play as the Frank Theatre Company? Well, uh, Unstuck was actually our last show as uh, Screaming Weenie Productions, yeah. Um, and we, you know, when in the, in the promotion and marketing of that play, we were promoting it as such as the last production that we would be doing under the Screaming Weenie moniker. Your last one. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I should, I should clarify that the society name of, of, of the organization is still Screaming Weenie, mm-hmm. but uh, we are now operating publicly um, as the Frank Theatre Company. Yeah, so you guys can um, you can still find them on screamingweenie dot com, um, and it's and you go there and it says the Frank Theater Company, uh, home yeah. home to the Screaming Weenies. Now, yeah. I was wondering if you could give us a little background on um, why you you know w- what the Screaming Weenies were and are, and then what was the transition to the Frank Theater Company? Because I think this is something that a lot of artists and growing collectives have is mm-hmm. as you grow and change and how do you name yourself in the first place how do you represent yourself to the world i think i think it's an interesting topic yeah well i mean just a, a very brief history about the company um screaming weenie productions was actually founded as mentioned off the top in, ni- in 1996 um by a theater artist named elena lee kramer and it was founded actually in alaska and uh, when she moved to Vancouver in 2000, she took this entity, uh, Screaming Weenie Productions, with her. And so the company really started off as a, you know, as very much an ad hoc theater company in that, um, you know, it, it would do, you know, maybe a, a main stage professional show once every, you know, two years. Um, 
and um, you know, and it was doing very, very fine work. Um, you know, in the you know, in during that first decade that Elena was at the helm of uh, you know of the company. Um, you know, and then you know, in the last you know, in the last four or five years, the company has really grown and has really moved up a few notches with regards to the the amount of activity that it's been undertaking. Um, uh, you know, like I said, it used to do you know main stage shows maybe once every two or three years, but um, in the last four years, it's been it's had you know act, we've been undertaking activity um, on a year round basis, right? So we have you know one or two or three things happening every year. Um, and, um, so, you know, and we're not just doing, you know, main stage shows. We're also embarked, we've also embarked on community, uh, based initiatives. Um, and we're also this year starting a youth based initiative. So, uh, we felt that we really needed, um, to, uh, kind of rebrand ourselves mm-hmm. uh, in a way that would reflect all of these things that uh, you know we're now doing, um, you know, screaming weenie. I think uh, it, it was, I, I, you know, it's a, it was a great. I think it was a great name for what the company was doing uh, in the first ten years, right? Um, you know, it was attention getting. Uh, it, you know, there was a lot of, you know, uh, it was it was doing stuff that no other theater company was doing. Um, and uh, you know, the, and Screaming Weenie, like I said, has not you know has not we've not completely uh, killed that name. It's still you know uh, it's still our society name, and mm-hmm. our cabarets are still going to be called the Screaming Weenie Cabarets. So it's still a part of our identity. But we felt we needed uh, a new name that would serve as a better umbrella for all the things that we're now doing. Yeah, because I, like I said, yeah. I, I don't want to, you know, let me play the devil's advocate for a second, yeah. because one of the, the things I think the reason I, I found a lot of uh, fun and acceptance in, in the queer community, uh, even as a het, is because there's this permission to be, um, to express your politics in a way that, and, and your life in a way that is fun and different and provocative and um it seems like one of the things with a lot of uh artists on in this community is uh struggling with that idea of wanting to be known for your art in and of itself um but all and being taken you know seriously but at the same time you want to kind of pay homage to this this the the quirkiness and the difference and the celebrating the difference right. uh, that's why you know why the term queer is you know so embraced so i'm yeah, wondering yeah. like have you gotten any feedback in terms of kind of um this has anyone had any feedback about how this kind of uh if you're kind of flying a little more under the radar not a, you know what's the feedback been like well to you know to be perfectly honest the feedback has been um extremely positive about mm-hmm. the name change um you know the the naysayers. You know some of the naysayers are people who are you know have, have had a history with the company mm-hmm. um, and are you know very connected emotionally to the name, and that's completely that's completely fine, right? And completely understandable. But uh, the vast majority of the people that we've spoken to really like the new name, and it feel they feel that it really strikes a balance between moving forward and also um, you know uh, remaining connected. Mm-hmm. to the, the history of the company and to the old 
the old name Screaming Baby because you know as we uh, you missed our op- my opening night speech when we unveiled uh, the new brand but uh, you know the Frank is you know the Frank does connect to the weenie the Frank <laughs> is like we're still men- weenie. mentioning the, weenies is the point yeah, the weenie is all grown up yeah, the weenie <laughs> is all grown up now and um, yeah and like I said I think I just believe that the Frank that the word Frank just it, it works on many different levels not only does it connect with the weenie, but it also denotes honesty, candidness, truth, um, and uh, you know, really a stroke of genius on the part of our um, of our consultants who uh, really helped us uh, with the rebranding process. So, um, and, I, and like I said, I think it's a very good umbrella for all of the things that the company now does. You know, like I said, we do youth-based um, mati- uh, work mm-hmm. and community-based work. And uh, I think Screaming Weenie is, you know, it's a very, it has very sexual, overtly sexual connotations. Mm-hmm. And not everything that we do is overtly sexual. You know, like the community-based and the youth-based stuff that we do, you know, it has very little to do with, with sex, right? Yeah. Um, so we read, like, you know, so... Um, for I guess that's reasons, still okay. I'll allow yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not everything has to revolve around sex. Right? Um, so, if only, yeah. if only. Yeah, um, if only. If can only, you tell yeah. me, um, you know, uh, we're just about running out of time, but I'd really like <coughs> to just get a breakdown on, on, you have a couple of projects coming up. Your next, sounds like your next major project is Clean Sheets, but you also mm-hmm. have uh, some um, some stuff going on outlying from Vancouver. Yes, exactly. Well, um, our next um, public performance is actually uh, taking place May 23rd at the Richmond Coastal Centre. It's a stage reading of a play that we're developing towards production called, uh, the working title is Gating, which is Cantonese for family. And it's about um, these two Chinese immigrant parents who are dealing with uh, the homosexuality of their, um, of their son, right? So it's, uh, it's, it's a co-production with Vancouver Asian Canadian Theatre, and I think it's a very timely, uh, very, very timely topic. So um, that's next up for us. And um, as you said, clean sheets. Um, we're, we're every year uh, the the queer arts festival presents um, presents us a clean sheets, which is our annual um, series of um, readings of new queer theme plays in development. And um, the plays that we're reading this year are uh, a new play by um, Jan Derbyshire, uh, queer woman theater artist. Mm-hmm. She did Turkey um, in the Woods last year, and I saw yeah, that. Yeah, she did Turkey in the Woods last year. Exactly. Really great. I really, and really enjoyed she's, it. She's working working in a new play for us, um, and that we're going to be reading that, workshopping and reading that at Clean Sheets. And the second play we'll be doing is a play, once again, that we're, we're developing towards production uh, in partnership with Buddies in Bad Times in Toronto as well as uh, Black Theatre Workshop in Montreal, and this play is called Inna de Wardrobe, um, which is by uh, uh, Deidre Delicious Walton. She's a Hamilton, Ontario-based dub poet, and that play is, is again, very volatile topic, uh, mm-hmm. but done with a lot of humour and tenderness. It's about uh, a young lesbian who comes out to her Jamaican-Canadian family. So um, you know, those are the two plays that we're doing at uh, Clean Sheets this Great. year, and we're, we're really, really excited. So Excellent. Well, yeah. Chris, thank you so much for, for joining us today and uh, giving us the inside scoop on this name change. And so uh, Screaming Weenie, is, uh, it's, he's still there inside Frank. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Yes. Thank Always. You.
Thank you so much, Chris. Have a great day. You too. Thanks, Megan. Bye-bye. Thank you so much to Chris. And uh, you can check him out still on ScreamingWeenie.com. And uh, next up is Clean Sheets 2013, as well as Gating. And we, uh, when we return, we are going to finish out our show talking to the Shack Art Collective. We're going to take a quick break and we'll have some announcements and then we'll return uh, with uh, Nikki and Paris, co-curators and exhibitor Gareth Moses of More Than Human. Stay tuned. Was it CITR? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of two points. 101.9. All right, this is Dal Chime. Tune into CITR 101.9 for all the greatest everything. back and we are listening to a little plays for Fito and uh, this is going to be released I believe on Mr. Moses's uh, label and we'll talk about that later Um, uh, but plays for I've seen them live and they are great so that is quite the nab uh, up and coming local Vancouver guys Um, I just wanted to make a couple of quick announcements before we start talking art again Um, coming up we have a couple of fun events so tonight is Paul Anthony's talent times 50th uh show 50th live taping uh so you can check that out at the biltmore this evening and then stay tuned for citr uh sponsored tlc with djb our own brad winter um you got your snag which is the live art party every wednesday at the cobalt and um this weekend um april 6th uh peter panties will be uh rocking it out veda hille will be doing her peter panty show we interviewed her about it last week so you can check that out on our podcast and then uh on tuesday uh for the versus festival which we will talk about next week what which will be starting on the 8th um uh vancouver poetry house look that up online and they have the versus festival all next week um and uh, she will be doing a show with ivan coyote which i'm very excited to see so please check that out. Uh, I believe that's at the Legion uh, on Tuesday night. And then uh, finally, I just want to give a shout out to Civic Cinematheque, who is playing uh, a show, Miami Connection, from 1987. Uh, it is uh, a 
oh my gosh, ninja rock and roll synth orphan adventure. Uh, the Room meets The Karate Kid meets, um, I guess, 80s hair synth. It's, uh, I saw, the, I saw the, the screener the other day, and it is so funny and so ridiculous. Uh, and that is playing um, starting this weekend. And then we have uh, next week um, for the Frames of Mind series is Sleepwalk With Me. Um, we're going to be giving away some tickets next week, so stay tuned for that. But uh, Sleepwalk With Me is a, a comedian who uh, did a whole show and then a movie around his uh, sleep disorder where he literally acts out his dreams to the point where he jumps out a window and nearly dies it's just a first story window but it's a pretty good story nonetheless so check that out sleepwalk with me is up next week at pacific cinematech And that, as I mentioned, was Plays 4, and uh, I'm very happy to have in studio uh, a group, uh, Shack Art Collective, uh, who will be presenting an encore presentation of their most recent art exhibition uh, with uh, Siobhan Luis O'Keefe and Gareth Moses. Uh, And Gareth Moses will be doing a, a show called Unearthed, and Siobhan has her show Layers, and a Seeing as how it's you, Gareth, there's going to be quite a bit of excellent local music, I'm assuming, as well? Yeah, we, we, we've had two shows. Well, no, this is our second show. We, on the first one, we had a, a very good electronic score playing throughout the whole evening. It was a combination of that and beer that, that helped sell some paintings, course, I think. Of course, of course. But we're going to get to you in a second, because okay. I want to kind of set the scene here. So we have, um, we have uh, Paris uh, Forer and Nikki Ingalls in the studio. Thank you, ladies, for coming by. It's nice to have you. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Megan. <laughs> and um, I was hoping that you could uh, introduce yourselves and give us a little sense of, of your background and tell us about the tell us about the Shack Collective because you can find them uh, online. Shark. Uh, Shack Art Collective is an open group, and uh, you have a kind of a, a really interesting specific mandate. Can you tell us a little bit about that after? Uh, given us the, the elevator pitch on each of you. <laughs> the quick pitch? Yeah. Shall I go first? Yeah. Okay. So my name's Nikki, and um, I guess I'm the owner of the Shack Art Collective. Uh, Shack Collective itself was born as um, a yoga studio. I'm a yoga teacher, and I had three little kids at home and needed a space to practice. We live in East Van, small and houses. Where is it uh, located? 28th and Fraser. Okay, so that's a nice area. It's a great area, really friendly, lots of street life, and we're really glad to be there. Um, needed a space to practice and hopefully to teach. <coughs> and um, through the collective effort of neighbors and other yogis, we renovated my garage into an amazing, beautiful space. And so it existed as a yoga studio for a couple of years. And um, one day I decided I have all this wall space. I have people that come and go. Um, it would be an amazing place to have some art. And so I spoke with my dear longtime friend, Paris Forer, who has lots of lots of knowledge about the art world, which I did not. And um, Shack Art Collective was born. Mm-hmm. 
And tell us a little bit about yourself, Paris, and and what what inspires you, and you know where where's your where's this art knowledge come from? Um, well, I don't have an art background specifically. It was more through um, a work project that I was in engaged in from 2008 to 2011 called Unite with Art. Uh, a very good friend of mine, Julie Lee, um, went from the film world, like myself, into the art world. And she was commissioned to do this big project for UNICEF. I hadn't seen her in many years, and I ran into her on the street um, twice sort of inside of a couple of weeks. And she said, listen, you know, what have you been up to? And I've got this big project, and I need somebody to help me with it. It ended up being a much bigger project than we imagined. Um, and it's a, it was a fine art auction for UNICEF Canada. Um, and the first show, we raised a lot of money and went from there and did four shows um, back to back and after that it uh, it ended and we decided to move on and so Nikki's idea about the shack came into my life very fortuitously I would say and good timing and we talked about it and I've been doing yoga with her for a couple of years in the shack so I know the space and we sort of had many many meetings about what could it become how will we approach artists where will we find them what will the shack become? And it actually took off relatively quickly. Now, how long has it been operating at this point? Only since October. Okay, so <laughs> it's so new. And it's very um, new, yeah. so, so you're still in um, your one-year mandate, which you can actually read online um, in the Facebook group. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm sure. Uh, now, do you guys have a website as well? We are in the process in of getting progress. Nice. Yeah. Oh, you know <laughs> yeah. what? It's yeah, being Facebook built as is we so speak. Great, though. Yeah. Facebook is so great, so that you can start your start your web right away. Um, now, uh, so I'm just going to rattle off a couple of things here. So okay. we have the fact that artists should be local and emerging, and yes. that they should not have shown at a commercial gallery. Uh, you have some limits on the costs of people actually purchasing the work, um, and that the that you're showcasing new artists, up and coming musicians, grass grassroots from from the east side. Um, it sounds like you're really looking at collaboration and accessibility. Can you tell me a little bit about why that's important to you? And like, is that something that you see a lack of in the art world uh, that you are trying to address? Or uh, tell me a little bit about the, the motivation there for these kind of this kind of Go grassroots ahead. approach. Well, I guess I guess we started out just thinking that our goal was to just keep art affordable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We. Mm-hmm. For ourselves, I mean, we don't have in our own sort of family budgets. We don't have a lot of money for art, but we we appreciate mm-hmm. it, and so we wanted to provide a forum for talent to get out there and keep it really affordable for people who really want it. Now, um, the tell tell me a little bit about some of the past exhibits, and then we'll we'll get to this guy over here. <laughs> um, but uh, w- what are some of the highlights that you guys have? Uh, have done so far since October? Um, well, our first show, we had, um, you have to understand, too, the shack is quite a small space. Mm-hmm. 13 beautiful, by 21. It, it's 13 feet by 21 feet. And the first show, I think we had close to 100 people. That so showed packed. Up. It's packed. It was packed. I mean, thankfully, they weren't all there at the same time. <laughs> but there were waves of mm-hmm. many people. So we sort of thought, well, this is kind of interesting. Neighbors that walked over, people that found out about it in the neighborhood, our friends on Facebook, family. Um, uh, that was a, It was successful right away. People loved the idea of being in a smaller, kind of cozier environment, I guess. It felt more home-like. It wasn't pretentious. It wasn't trying to be anything but what it was. That's the main feedback I think we got. People said it's nice that 
it, it looks like what we thought it would look like. And um, from there, the shows grew. Um, Gareth's daughter, actually, Amelia, was in our, we had a youth show, and it was a, our first group show in December. Mm -hmm. And it was Amelia and Jack Headley and Austin McNaughton, and all young in their 20s, all of very dis different disciplines. And that was a great show. And again, there were just hordes of people that came out, and it went on until, I don't know, one in the morning or something. Three hours. So is that how, now is that how you guys uh, hooked up, Gareth? Like, because this is your first show, right? It is, yes. So is, uh, now are you connected with these ladies through your daughter then? Uh, or? Uh, friends. Mm -hmm. We've been friends with uh, Matthew and Paris. I've been friends with them for uh, many years. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I knew about the, uh, the collective from its inception, but mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. it just coincided with me beginning to paint in the last few years. Mm -hmm. That's why this uh, opportunity came up for me, but. Yeah, it, uh, my daughter got there first. <laughs> she did get there first, yeah. <laughs> it's the youth. Yes. Yeah. Are exactly. a future in that way. Yeah. Um, well, can you tell me a little bit about this, this show that apparently was so popular that uh, you wanted, to, you, you thought that, uh, you know, you had a few pieces left and you, and you wanted to give people one more opportunity this Friday. Um, so mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about the show. Um, well, this show was kind of interesting because Gareth is an old friend and Siobhan is a mutual friend of Nikki's and mine, and Siobhan and I go way back, 25 years, I think. Um, she's always been involved in art in some capacity. She went to Concordia, graduated in 1986 in drawing and painting, and has always been a very creative person. So I think when Nikki and I started talking about where are we gonna find these artists, they, you know, I think everybody is creative. I really believe that. And what's been interesting is so many people have come out of the woodwork and said, actually, I've been painting for a while or actually I do photography and those are the people that we want to reach out to because they might not necessarily go to a gallery or show their work to anyone um, which is why Gareth's the name for his show being un unearthing was kind of appropriate I've known Gareth for 16 17 years I had no idea he was painting and, and you and you started that recently right Gareth? yeah in the last two to three years what, yes. in, what, in, what inspired you to pick up a paintbrush um, I've always dabbled in art but just never professionally and have no interest in it in that aspect of doing it professionally but um I, I what i like about it is it doesn't require collaboration with any other human no. being <laughs> and and what and because i work in the film industry and and uh, and in the music mm -hmm. industry a lot of that is obviously is you know negotiating and working with other people so and you wanted to you wanted to present your own vision without kind of a, a lot of I didn't people over your shoulder well <laughs> I never even thought about presenting it all it was was just doing being able to do something where you go away mm -hmm. and there's no uh, compromise or you just do what you are going to do and that's that's it and uh, well, it wasn't until these guys then suggested I think that you guys suggested it that they wanted to see the paintings that the idea of actually yeah. exhibiting it uh, came up although I do remember us being in a pub one night with Matthew and Hillary and you said something about maybe you'll have a show with me one day or mm -hmm. for me but one he day he was initially very shy <laughs> yeah. yeah it's hard to believe well it's a different thing if you've been doing something for yourself and in a non-professional mm -hmm. sense to then yeah. put it into a public sphere is is yeah. a, leap. A, a leap, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and now um, your uh, part of the show is called Unearthing, mm -hmm. and so uh, now if you you can see the pictures online, I've post I posted a couple on Sarahchair.ca, and, and you can see the pictures on the Facebook group. Um, from what I can kind of see, is it's very textual, textural. 
excuse me. And uh, and so tell us a little bit about like the process and the the feeling that you're trying to inspire in, in yourself and, and others with the with that project. It came about accidentally by using old canvases and uh, painting over existing paintings to reuse it. Uh, and uh, so some, this kind of process emerged whereby I would paint a picture, leave it, come back to it, cover it, and then try and see what would emerge by through scraping and manipulating the paint that's on top to reveal what was underneath. So you get a kind of ghosting effect or there's a suggestion that there's something below it a kind of form of excavation or something like that that's why it's unearthing and it's that idea of something being haunted by something else the past being haunted the present being haunted or, or aware of the past so the and, be- idea of and layers because you're there. digging through your own kind of painting process is there a is there a discovery process there for yourself as well yeah because i never know what's going to come through and i don't paint the first picture in order to cover it, it's it's just become a kind of a method methodology. But yeah, you find out. Yeah, exactly. You keep unearthing what's underneath, and uh, whatever comes out was not, not intended either by the first painting or the second layer. It's something new, mm-hmm. which is good. And uh, so, so you were never necessarily intending to obviously show or even sell these paintings. Um, what what is that? Is is there anything tangible you can say about? now knowing that it's hanging in someone else's space? The experience was actually the opposite of what I thought it was going to be. I thought I would be uh, embarrassed, uh, defensive, uh, uh, super aware of the, 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 the shortfall I might see in that work. And in fact, on the night, I, people were very responsive and, uh, and I didn't find that difficult. I mean, these were not art critics coming to crucify me, so that was, you know, that's different. But People genuinely seemed to be engaged with the work, and uh, we sold a few, and I didn't mind them being seen. And I thought I would. I thought I'd have a problem with that, which is mm-hmm. you know, and my initial reservation. But no, it was, it was great. Mm-hmm. And um, now, is there, we have, uh, it was kind of like a co-show with uh, uh, Siobhan O'Keefe, uh, Layers, mm-hmm. ties in, obviously, mm-hmm. between the two artists. Did you guys want to speak a little on her behalf? Sure. Do you want to say something? She was here to speak for even just to describe like um, um, just describe is is very different from Gareth's, but it also it was really complimentary in some ways. Even the colors, and this was almost an accident. Mm -hmm. Even the colors just were beautiful together. Mm -hmm. Lots of reds, lots of blues, both sides of the room. We have it set up so that Gareth's work, which is more textural, as you say, and, and bigger. Um, takes up one wall and Siobhan's pieces mm-hmm. take up another wall and this is this beautiful counterpoint. Yeah, and I think she probably used the word layers because she does um, a lot of painting mm-hmm. and um, and then sort of applies other things over top. There's a lot of collage in her work, mm-hmm. um, layers of different sort of types of paper. Silver um, threads. And thread she has and material, doesn't she? Yeah, she so it's very that. tactile. Her work is really tactile. So it's kind of like a mixed say. media? Mm-hmm. Mixed mm-hmm. media, yeah. So um, it was really nice, actually, to have work that was quite opposite from mm. each other, but Almost very complementary. And, really and that really was an accident for this one, yeah. in a way. So... Happy accident. <laughs> <laughs> a very good happy accident, which mm-hmm. is why we're having the second show, because there were so many people that came out to the first and many people that couldn't come, and so we decided to have a mini, it'll be a mini show. A closing, as opposed to an a opening. closing, well, yes, yeah. Why don't we uh, listen to uh, 
Next on our list here, uh, we have uh, No UFOs, Freeze Drift, and we will come back and we will talk a little bit about the projects that you guys have a, have coming up, artistic and otherwise. Sounds good? Sounds good. Okay, you're Thank listening you. to CITR 101.9, The Arts Report, and uh, coming up at 6.30, we'll have some local music, and I will double-check for you whether it's Sam Squatch's Highway or Sup World, but either way... That, those are some ladies with some taste, so you're going to listen to some music. Um, but right now, we're going to listen to No UFOs, Freeze Drift on the Arts Report, CITR 101.9.
more dreadful sacrifice. The music you're listening to is completely electronic. Only a fool would ignore this. I'd like to demonstrate for you some of the rather more weird kinds of sounds. See how relaxed you're getting? Every Sunday night at 7 o'clock here on CITR 101.9 FM is More Than Human, your weekly guide to all that is new, weird and wonderful in the world of electronic music. So please join me, Gareth Moses, for electronic music old and new, inane comments and the occasional sacrifice. More Than Human on CITR. April 4th through 6th in the CIRS building, it's the New Economy Summit at UBC. An incredible weekend of discussion about creating a sustainable, local, and financially sound economy, free to all students, faculty, staff, and community members. For more information, go to neweconomy at ubc.ca. back on CITR 101.9 for the Arts Report and uh, that was uh, No UFOs Freeze Drift and we're going to give you some insight into those guys in a few minutes but what I wanted to do is give everyone a chance to talk a little bit about what's coming up for themselves and uh, the Shack Collective and uh, I think the first and foremost thing is okay so you've, you have this show on Friday but if people want to get in touch with you in the future and maybe connect with you in terms of showing their, their work what's the process for that how do they find you best way is through Facebook so find us on Facebook Shack mm-hmm. Art Collective and um, if you're brave um, post some stuff up there for us to see we're also looking for music um, local musicians emerging um, and we're especially looking for stuff for our September and October shows. We're booked right through until September, October. Um, but September show, the theme is movement of, of any kind. So mm-hmm. we're going to have dance and photography, yoga, all sorts of stuff. So we're looking for anything to do with that. And October is actually going to be our one-year anniversary. And we're looking, the theme of that is um, shacks across East Van. So (laughs) any small garage type spaces where creativity is happening, where stuff is being made, music, art, anything, Mm -hmm. um, I want to know about it. And so we'll hunt you down. We'll hunt you down. (laughs) So So if you want to promote your shack. Let us us know. (laughs) Let the shack know. Let the shack know. We eventually want a culture crawl of shacks in East Van. That's awesome. And then what's, uh, so you say you're booked uh, through, you know, the, the spring and summer. What are the next shows coming up? that people can... The next show is April 20th, and... Uh, something specific about that date. What is it about that date? <laughs> oh, oh, no. It's oh, yeah, record, record store day. Of course, it's record store okay. day. That's what I was thinking about. Well, That's I, what I was thinking okay. about. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. It's a very important day in the okay. calendar. Yeah, okay. Well, besides that, <laughs> after record store day, um, we have uh, a very exciting artist. Uh, her name is Clee Hanna. And she's a photographer. She does medium format photography. And we went and visited her today, actually, and looked at her submissions for the show. Um, it's going to be very interesting. She does beautiful, beautiful black and beautiful white photography. Um, and for this show, well, I don't want to give away too yeah. much. But yeah. the can you let us know a little bit about her subject matter? There's some gold leaf. Oh. There's gold leaf. There's going to be gold everywhere, even in the cocktails. Mm. Yeah. Rico. Yeah, uh-huh. and all different sizes, and some are going to have be sort of coated in resin and 
they're just it's hard to describe her work it's it's very beautiful and original so she is our April show, which is is uh, exciting. And then we have um, Mark Paris, um, who is going to be showing, who is a painter, happens to be my husband's cousin, and we love him. And he's going to do something exciting. We're not really sure. He has very large paintings, but I think for this might and be something... site-specific, he says. He said it will be site-specific. He was even specific. going to make slippers for everyone as they enter the shack, so I'm I don't know how that's going to go down. I love a good pair of slippers. Uh-huh. A good pair of slippers. <laughs> you, should, you should come then. Yeah. It's the British thing coming back again. It, there you go. <laughs> we love our slippers. Yeah. Um, and Gareth, you have uh, obviously the show on Friday, but you have uh, a couple of projects uh, and shows to promote. Now, uh, we have played uh, a couple of tracks today that you provided, and uh, these are specific favorites of yours. Can you elaborate a little bit on uh, on these guys? Yeah. Um, the second one we played, No UFOs, are, are not uh, anything to do with the label that I'm starting just yet, although I hope to be approaching them. But the two You're people wooing them by playing uh, their stuff on air. Exactly. Yeah, it's very smart. It's very um, smart. Yeah, I'm starting a record label, or I have started a record label, More Than Human Records, named after the CITR show that I uh, present on Sundays at 7. And uh, the theme of the show is electronic music. So we're releasing limited edition 12 inch EPs of uh, uh, electronic music. The first two releases are uh, The Passenger, which is a gentleman called Jesse Creed, who I think a lot of people in the city, if they follow electronic music, know his work. Yeah, we went to a show at TLC, which CATR also sponsors. And uh, it was so great. Like, I danced for, like, an hour, and I just was like, is this... It's so. It was so subtle, but I never got bored. It was a really great show. He's so talented. Well, he's written an EP for the label um, uh, called Negative Object, and it's a really beautiful four-track uh, piece. And uh, our second release is from Plays 4, who, uh, again, people will know if they've been around town because Plays 4 have supported uh, lots of big acts that have come into town, like mm-hmm. Panther de Prince. Mm-hmm. And uh, so... Uh, that's a, a, a three-piece, and uh, they've uh, done an EP as well. So they're going to be vinyl-only releases. You'll be able to get a download code with the releases, but uh, you won't be able to buy them on iTunes or anything like that. And the sleeves all feature art, which ties into, uh, obviously, uh, painting. They'll feature pieces of uh, art, uh, be it painting or, or photography. So there's a kind of a crossover between the music and the art, which is, is my two twin interests. So, yeah. And you're, it sounds like you're really focused, like a lot of people when they think electronic music, I mean, there's a lot of opinions out there about the kind of art, artistry of it. And I, and I like the idea of, of really tying this electronic music to these very like tangible forms like vinyl and, and painting. But it's a massive umbrella name mm-hmm. at electronic music. Yeah, it's, it's, like it's, it's not really useful anymore kind of, yeah. because it's the same as saying rock music mm-hmm. and that just, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't. It, get, it doesn't really tell you anything, but uh, but I like that about electronic music is that the, there's so many forms within it that uh, it's not just what people might think of as Skrillex or something like that. You know, it just it covers just so many forms. Oh, Skrillex. Oh, Skrillex. What have you done? He's you on done the label the as well. No, he's not. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you had the chance to get Skrillex on your label, would you take Skrillex on your I label? I wouldn't, no, no. I just got back from uh, a trip to England to see Kraftwerk, and mm-hmm. uh, if Kraftwerk wanted to do me an EP. <laughs> so we have Plays for on the Passenger and No, no UFOs. Well, yeah, I mean, I haven't said no, anything to No UFOs no, yet. So. No UFOs and Kraftwerk, if you're listening, yeah. to the Arts Report on CHR. The third one, actually, is oh. a guy from uh, Brighton, who I went to see perform when I went over to England, called Kemper Norton, and he's you can find him on Bandcamp. He does very weird 
uh, kind of uh, acoustic ambient. Uh, he calls it Cornish slurtronic music, <laughs> which is very good. It's very hauntology and witchy. But uh, so that's going to be the third release. He's writing that EP now. So that's gonna be very good. It's a very exciting year. So we're going to have a big release party at some point in the next uh, uh, couple of months. So uh, we'll uh, we'll promote that accordingly. So and let everyone know where that's going to take place. Excellent. Mm. And uh, and people can find you. Uh, it's more than human. Blogspot. Uh, it is yes. You or can. Or Tumblr. It's t- uh, bloody hell. So Google more than human <laughs> Gareth Moses. And There's a uh, link on the Facebook page. Okay, so, great. Uh, so Facebook. So you can update it that way. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you can check out uh, Gareth's uh, Shack exhibit. Uh, uh, exhibition at 4364 Prince Albert Street, uh, 7 o'clock on Friday. Yep. Back alley entrance only, please. Back alley. Do yeah. not just wander into Do someone's not house. Come to the front door. Yeah. If you're in a house, you're in the wrong place. You ought to be in a shack. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you, Paris, Nikki, and Gareth, for joining us today. It was lots Thanks of for having fun. Me. Thanks so much. And um, on the outro, we are going to listen to The Passenger, Mr. Similar. Uh, this has been the Arts Report on CITR 101.9. Thank you for listening. Uh, remember to subscribe to us on iTunes um, or via podcast on CITR.ca um, and find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Arts Report and on Twitter at CITR underscore the Arts Report. Anybody have any more uh, Twitters or Facebooks uh, that we want to promote before we More uh, Than go? Human X. More Than Human X is the Twitter feed for... Uh the label at shack art collect is our twitter yeah okay well uh get tweeting everyone and uh thanks so much for listening to the arts report on chr 101.9 peace <laughs>